Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. All right, all right. Give it up one more time for all the moms. Come on. You're amazing. We love you. Uh, sorry. Okay. Welcome, welcome to New Life. Uh, so thankful you guys are here. I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to bring the word this morning. I was telling Bronson, actually, he's like, dude, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I really do need to take a step back this weekend if you can do it. And I said, man, I love these weekends because it's just such an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move, uh, for me not to try to lean on I've studied enough or I've done enough, but just to go, Holy Spirit, you're here. And so I just wanted to say this. I believe the Holy Spirit's got a word for some people here today. Uh, something that's going to encourage you, maybe something that's going to challenge you, maybe some confirmation on something that you've been thinking about or praying about or wrestling with. And so uh, I was I was doing the dishes last night, and uh, we've all seen this before. But when you you know when you hold, <laughs> you're welcome, yes, honey. I was just supporting you before Mother's Day. It's just what I do uh, anyway. But uh, <laughs> yeah, shameless shameless plug. I was doing the dishes last night. No big deal serving my wife, uh, my family like a boss. Anyway, um, but I was, I was holding a sponge tight. And when I was holding it tight, you know, obviously no, no water could get into it. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, man, this, if we hold on to what we know tightly, God doesn't have any room to saturate us. If we hold on to even who we are, like our identity outside of just our identity in Christ. If we hold on to that so tightly, God can't saturate us. If we hold on to our expectations, whatever, if we're holding on to it tightly, God cannot saturate us. And so I just feel like, gosh, if we'll just let go today, let's just let go and let God fill us. We'll leave out of here saturated with his presence, saturated with his goodness, and maybe even with some, some missions that he wants to give us. Uh, gosh, he can't do it if we're holding on tight. So let's pray real quick. God, we love you. I just pray that your spirit would be here. Um, I, I know that you want, we just invite that more of you. Uh, and we let go a little bit. Right now, I believe people are, they have a, they know what I'm talking about. There's something they've been holding on to kind of tight. And right now they're just going to let go of it for a moment. Let you fill in some of your heart, some of your love, some of your word, some of your direction in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Tommy, thank you. Man, you're so beautiful. I love you. Okay, uh, just through this guy. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to continue the family series. Uh, the, these last weeks, I don't know about you, I've really enjoyed them, whether it's talking about how to parent. I needed some of that. When Bronson talked about never, never looking at God's blessings and complaining about them, whoo, man, that challenged me like that day on the drive home, right? Like, you know, why don't you just shut up, kids? I mean, you're a blessing from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I love talking about marriage. Marriage can be a, a battleground. We need to learn in that, lean into God on that, talk about how to do that in a healthy way. Love talking about that. Last week, I talked about, I talked about singleness, and we talked about how delicate of a season that can be, and, but God wants to use it and for you to be blessed by it. We're going to talk about the church family today and how this place, God wants to use this as, as a place where you can find family. He, he talks about it as family many times in the Word. Uh, but this is also a place that can be delicate when we talk about church family, especially 
we have opinions and thoughts and beliefs and disagreements and different churches all across the world. There's a lot of things that we, we can look at at this and go, how does this work? Today, we want to talk a little bit about it. In Ephesians 2, uh, verse 19 through 22, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Just let that settle in for a second. All the different backgrounds in this room, all the different ages, the socioeconomic differences, the racial differences, whatever it could be, we're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. If you've got your Bible or your underline, underline members of his household, what does that sound like? It sounds like a family. And this is where God challenged me. Come on, I'm not immune to different questions about the church and different moments of frustration. And I had to pray about this. It's like, God, how do I see your church? Do I see it as a family? Do I see it as your household? That's why he wants us to see it. It's built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, those who came before us with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and arises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Woo, man, this is some deep stuff and some good stuff. He's saying he wants to build us. He wants us to be this family, this place that God can be. And I'm not talking about a building. So let's get into this. What is the church not? What, is, what, what isn't the church? We've got to figure this out. The church is not just a structure. Now, Who's thankful for our building? I'm thankful for our building. I love that we have a building. I remember when I was in student ministry and we were like putting up pipe and drape and we didn't have anywhere. It was so much work. I remember here, where were y'all at before I was? Yeah, the Robinsons. I mean, you guys were setting up, doing all sorts of stuff and that's hard work. And now you walk in and there's this beautiful building. It's amazing. Listen, great moments are going to happen in this building. People are going to dedicate their children. Can we give it up one more time for all the babies that were just dedicated, the children? Every weekend that I'm in here, there's a salvation, literally, like somebody that's saying, I need Jesus in my life. That happens right here in a building. I'm thankful for a building with air conditioning. Like, you know, it's getting a little musty outside. And so it's just, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we have a building. But listen, this is not the church. We are the church. People are the church. New Life Church is blessed with some buildings, but church is not a place. It's a people. It's me and it's you, and we come together to make the church. And I want everybody here to understand something, and this is from the bottom of my heart. I speak from Pastor Rick to Bronson. I promise you I'm speaking for every pastor here. We build buildings so that we can build people. That's what it's about. That's what it's always been about, and that we want to guard that with all of our hearts. I need you guys to guard that too. Because there are misconceptions. There are people who don't understand that. People that might walk by and be like, that building, right? Who cares about this building? We are the church. Me and you. And so the church is not a building. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people 
to do his work to build up the church, the body of Christ. So when he says build up the church, he's not talking about hammer and nails. And my wife can tell you, if that was the responsibility of this pastor, the entire church would be in a great deal of trouble, okay? I am not gifted in the ways of being a strong man in that department. My wife asked for a table saw one time for Mother's Day. She was like, I just want to build things out of wood and water, you know? And so I, I, I'm at Home Depot like an idiot, like just like, oh, man, just, bro, I'd love to, my wife wants a table saw. And the guy's like, what's wrong with you, boy? You don't do your own table saw? I'm like, uh, I don't, bro, I'm just, you know, like hiking, dude, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, I'll help you buy a table saw. And so I bought a table saw for her. I still don't operate it. I, I don't. I stay far away from it. And it's, I'm proud of you. Um, so anyway, what I'm saying is, I'm thankful that when it is written, we are to build up the church. It's not about building a building. I'm thankful that people have that gift. I'm thankful my wife has that gift. But it's about building people. The church is not a structure. The church is people. The church is also not a leadership organization. I want to get into this for a second. Because sometimes it's not some org chart that John Maxwell wrote in a book, okay? It's the church is not government. Now, there exists in any church, you know, let's get a, you know, all the names of the churches up here and throw a dart, and then the one that you hit will have church leadership. It will have organization. But that's not what God is talking about when he says the church. He's talking about his body. And I want to encourage everybody in here who has ever had an issue. Maybe there's been times where you've been confused by this. Why does this church do it that way? Why does that church do it the other way? Just go, you know what, God? Certain things are, are necessary. For instance, again, let's go back to air conditioning. I'm certainly glad it's on. Somebody had to pay a bill. <laughs> Somebody had to be organized. Somebody had to schedule maintenance for things. And thank God we have Rachel that does all of that for this church. <laughs> yeah, wherever you are, Rachel, you're great. Um, but, but listen, some of those things have to get done, so structure has to exist. But I want to encourage you, when, we talk, when I talk about the church, I'm more talking about the body of believers, the people. How does that fit together? We'll get into that more later, but I want to tell you something. My right big toe and my left eye want very little to do with one another, okay? It's just weird even to think about, okay? But they're incredibly necessary, incredibly necessary in my life. And I want to challenge you. At times, you may have felt like, I don't really want anything to do with that part of the body of Christ. You know what? That might be okay, but don't be condescending. Don't look at other parts of the body that God is building up and say, that's not valuable, or I'm more important, or this is better than the other. We have to look at the body and say, come on, man, we're working together. I'm sure thankful that there are churches out there that do things differently than we do, because I don't know if I want to do it like that. I walk into certain churches, and they're like, there's no music, you know, the bread of God is bread, you know, they're singing things, and I'm like, I just can't connect with this, you know, or whatever. But there are people out there, that's all that they can connect with. Sorry. That's, uh, that's good. Okay. Moving on before I get fired. Okay. Please remember to check yourself, your preferences, all those things. We're going to get into this. But when it comes to a structure, we're not a building. We're not a government organization. We're a people. We're a body. We're connected. We're Christ followers. Okay. 
Number two, what isn't the church? The church isn't just a service. Now, I love our building. I love our services. I love, can we give it up for our worship team? We're going to cheer for everybody today. Our worship team's amazing. Caleb, he leads our worship team. He's on a month-long honeymoon to Azerbaijan or somewhere. And uh, <laughs> if you find a place on earth that your life is in danger, that it's cheaper. And so that's where he went. Uh, and I really, I don't know where he's at, but he's gone for a long time and I'm thankful for him to be gone, but I miss him. Caleb, wherever you are, I miss you. If you're listening to this podcast, I miss you. Okay. But I love our worship team. I love worshiping God in this place. You know what I love? I'm just going to get real. I love the style of our worship here. I love that, that, you know what I mean? Like we go for it in a different way, not better, not worse, just different. I love it. I love the, that we preach the gospel here. I love that Bronson and I and whoever else is on the stage, we're probably going to say some inappropriate things from time to time. Sometimes on accident, sometimes on purpose. I'm kidding, but usually on accident. We'll have fun. We are able to laugh at ourselves, joke around. I love services. I love getting together with you guys. But listen, that's not the church. This is just something that God wants us to do as a church. Does that make sense? To come together, to get together. Hebrews 10 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. God wants us to come together as a church. God wants us to motivate one another And one of the most convenient ways to do that is through a service. But this isn't church. You are the church. I'm going to keep saying that. You guys are going to get annoyed with that by the time we're done. But, okay, so it's not a building. It's not a structure. It's not a service. It's also not just a support. And I want to be careful about this one. I feel like I could step on some toes. But let's let's let go of the sponge of life and allow God to fill us, okay? The church isn't just a support. The church should support you in ways and needs to. And maybe there have been times, especially in this last year, that were difficult. Can I tell you, just from personal experience, there are times I know I've dropped people as a pastor, that I haven't supported them enough. The needs got so thick and heavy and so numerous, it became easy to leave some aside. You know what I mean? And I know I did that. Can I tell you something else? If everybody could look here, I just want to be honest. I can tell you the church has dropped me a couple of times. It's happened. But I can tell you confidently that I had to realize this church doesn't, New Life Church and the church are two different things. Neither of exist only to support me. That's not what it's about. It exists, New Life Church and The Church with the capital C, exist to, yes, provide support and also to be supported, right? Yes, to provide grace to me in my weakness, but also to receive grace in its weakness. Does this make sense? So the only purpose of the church is not just to support us. That's not the only the purpose. But we have a consumer culture that we've begun to let sneak in to our Christianity. Now, consumer culture, I'm going to prove in just a second, so everybody buckle up, uh, is it's okay. It's okay in our economy, maybe, okay? It's not okay in our Christianity. 
All right, we have to understand this. Okay, but let's, just before we get judgmental and be like, I'm never a consumer, you know, or whatever, let's do a little vote, okay? Raise your hand if you've been in a drive-thru this week. Just this week, raise your hand. Keep, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Come on, keep them up. All right, raise your hand if you've ordered something online. Raise two hands if you've done both of these things, okay? Raise your hand if you've ordered something online. Raise your hand. Keep them up. Raise your hand if you used your phone to order some food, Nod while both hands are raised, if that's you, okay? Now, you lazy consumers, raise your hand if you sat in your car while somebody else put your groceries in the trunk. Come on, where are my Christians at this morning? Praise the land that we can do that. Okay, sorry, I just had some fun. Just give consumerism a hand, okay? Listen, everybody's hand was probably up at one point or time or, or another, right? There's no judgment. We literally have done all but one of those things this week, right? That's, that's okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, again, in our economy. But having that mindset of a consumer in our Christianity is a dangerous thing, and I want to warn you why. Consumers consume only to get themselves full, okay? Mature Christians become contributors, who do not do that only for themselves, they consume to get strengthened so they can give away, right? Okay, now consumers, they consume to satisfy. That's not just to get full, but they want to feel satisfied. Listen, when I'm in the drive, I'm driving down the road, I'm like, Starbucks, you're a siren of destiny, aren't you? And I just pull right in, you know what I mean? It just, it's addictive. I go in there, when I'm drinking that beverage, I'm not thinking, man, I just want to be satisfied so I can go be kind to everyone else. That's not what's on my mind. I just want to be satisfied. I want a delicious beverage, okay? But, but this is where, again, if not in our Christianity, consumers consume just to satisfy themselves. Mature Christians become contributors who consume to prepare themselves. They're recognizing that something's coming, and I better be ready. I need to consume this. I need to come into this awesome service. I need to listen to great worship. I need to worship the king. I need to get in the word. I need to consume because something's coming that I will need to contribute to. I will need to be part of. Consumers think about their preferences only. How can, how, how can that guy up there get more spiritual? You know, whatever. <laughs> more knowledgeable. How do our kids, I want, how do our kids get more excited? All these things, con- mature Christians and contributors Think about others' preferences. Think about how can I make the experience stronger. And so I want to encourage you guys. I see a lot of people who have allowed consumer culture to drift into their Christianity. They become very frustrated. Every time I've allowed consumer culture to get into my Christianity, guess what? I've gotten frustrated. I've gotten frustrated with what that guy wouldn't let me do, what this person didn't see that I was trying, or blah, 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 blah. And I think the Holy Spirit is telling me, let go of the sponge, let the Holy Spirit fill me, is Chris, I got you. Let go of all that. Let go of all that. That's not the church. This isn't what I want you to be about. I want you to be a contributor, consuming to contribute. And that's what I'm trying to focus my life in on. I encourage you to do the same thing. And the Lord reminded me of when I was in high school. I was on barely on the high school basketball team. I know I look like an athlete, you know. It's hard to imagine I wasn't starting and uh, just 
winning all the trophies, uh, but I wasn't and never did. And so uh, I was on what they call the proverbial forever bench. Okay. I sat there on the bench forever. And, um, but what I learned was when I, when I was in practice, I was a madman, like just completely insane. And my coaches loved me because the guys that were starting, it was like practice, so it's boring. But me, it was like, this is my only chance. And so I was just like going nuts. I mean, just diving out of bounds, elbowing people for rebounds. Like the coaches are like, yeah, so I want to check more like Octorbeck. He's playing for with all he's got out there. And these guys are like, seriously, dude, you got to calm down. I'm like, never. Anyway, but even in the games, I'm, I remember one time I got frustrated because we were playing this really horrible team. We were up by like 20, and I didn't get in the game, and I got frustrated because I started thinking about myself. But every other game, I just didn't expect to get in. And so all I would do is cheer for my teammates. I mean, so crazy at times. I had a referee walk up to me one time, and he goes, hey, man, grab some pom-poms and get on the sidelines or shut your mouth and sit down. That's what he said to me. And I was just like, oh, that hurts my manhood. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I, but I, why? It's because I was engaged. I was involved. I was cheering for people. I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to get frustrated. If you're here and you find yourself frustrated about the church or New Life Church or whatever church, Ask God, is there a place that I can begin to cheer people on? Is there a place that I can begin to contribute so that my mind is on those things, not on myself? Amen? There's a moment where uh, Jesus took two fish and five loaves and he fed a lot of people. (laughs) Very well-known moment in Scripture. God challenged me on this. He was like, what would you do if you had two fish and five loaves? And there was a lot of people around. I thought, I'd probably eat some. (laughs) Not the fish, because, ugh, you know, but the bread, you know. The bread of God is bread. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'd give some to my family, and then I'd be like, good luck, everybody else. And now listen, God stopped me and said, why do you ask for more when I can't trust you with it? What are you dreaming about? What do you want that you just can't attain? And maybe gut check time, you ask yourself, I'm just going after it for me. So God can't trust me with it. Are you willing to say, God, I'll go after these dreams for you as your church? And if so, I think more blessings can come, more opportunities can come. Trust him in those places and check yourself in those places. Man, you, that might be like, yeah, no big deal for you. For me, it is a challenge. And I'm having to go, God, okay, here we go. And I'm telling you, I can't wait to see what God does as I do my best to open up more and more to him, allow him in. Okay, so the church, it's not just a structure. The church isn't just a system. The church isn't just a place where we're going to be supported. The church is a few things that we're going to get into. But most of all, you guys, it's a family. By his very nature, God is relational. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He wants us to engage in relationship with him. Ecclesia is the name of church in the Greek, and it talks about how that is those that are called out. 
I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to be called out. But that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, I'm calling you out. Calling you out. Come on. You're a part of the family. Think about Jesus when he was walking around, right? He'd walk up to people. They're doing their stuff. He's like, calling you out. All of us in this place who have chosen Christ, it's kind of like he called you out and you said yes. So you're a part of his church. This is Matthew 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mothers and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied, who is my mother? Happy Mother's Day, Mary. (laughs) Am I right? Wow. Harsh, Jesus. Okay. And who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus wasn't trying to be rude to Mary. He was trying to redefine what family was. It's not just my mother and brothers. It's me and you. We're we're meant to be a part of this family building the church of Christ. Jesus was paving this way. And through the word, we can see all these different places where God gives us pictures of what it was like. He talks about a body in Romans and Corinthians. We just talked about that, how we are many parts and we're all important and equal to one another. Come on, gut check again. How many of you would say, yeah, I'm just as valuable and just as important to the body of Christ as fill in whatever name that you think is more valuable? Well, guess what? You just bought into a lie. It's not true. We're a part of the body. Again, if somebody came up here right now and just went ahead and chopped off my toe, you know, my whole body would respond. I may not think about old big toe too often, but once, once he's gone, you know, it's like, I miss you. You know, that's, it's a, it's a situation. Sometimes we think of ourselves, I'm expendable. I'm not important. You are, (laughs) I moved on to, I tried, I tried to go. It was, I had to laugh more on that one. (laughs) I miss you. (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, I want to sing about bread again. Um, I'll do it later. Don't worry. It's coming. Um, there's another point in the message somewhere. Um, but listen, seriously, if you've looked at your life and said, I'm less than, I'm not as important, that's not from God. That's from your flesh doubting, or that's from the enemy lying. And I just want to encourage you, you're part of a body. The, the, it's described as the bride of Christ in Ephesians. It's being prepared that not a building somewhere, but me and you, we're being we're grafted together in this incredible way to be prepared for Jesus. It's talk about, we're talked about as a flock of sheep. <laughs> that one's a little less beautifying and wonderful, but there we are in a flock. We're talked about as a family that we're adopted into. How cool is this? Again, adopted, not born into, adopted into, chosen. God has chosen us, called us out, said, I want you. All of these metaphors have something in common. It's not a place you go to, but a people that we are. Is this making sense? I want us to get in us. This is a people that we are. When you walk out of here, you are the church. You take the church with you because you take Christ with you. When we go into our family moments, it's just our families just sitting there having breakfast together, whatever. You are the church. When you're at work, you are the church, the body that's the part of the body that's out doing what it's called to do. Oh my gosh, man, this is incredible if we will receive it and run with it. So what is a church family? First Corinthians 12, 26 through 27. We talked about this. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. 
Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Number one, we need others. To be a part of a family, we need others around us. We need others to celebrate with us, just like we celebrated today. We need people around us to mourn with us when we go through difficult times. Just yesterday, I was at a family's house that just lost a loved one. 48-year-old guy passed away very unexpectedly. Five kids, incredible wife, loves the Lord. It was just devastating, but I'm there with them. And they had some, some other members of the family around, and you could see how family coming together to support each other. And she kept talking about her church family and how they were coming through and helping them. And I was just like, amen, this is what it's about. It's when we're going through something, having people around. And I just encourage you to, to have others around you. And sometimes it takes intentionality. And I want to encourage you, we, as a church, we're not always going to be perfect. I've said this many times at my, my old campus when I was there. You may sign up for something and not get a phone call. I don't, Bronson, Callie, Katerina, myself, Rachel, certainly, that'll drive her crazy. But all of us never want that to happen, but it could happen. Can I tell you something? You are valuable enough to pick up the phone call and say, yo, nobody called me. Yo, somebody help me. Hey, there's a connect card every week. I'm going to fill it out. Hey, my prayer request didn't make it to the big board. Somebody put it up there. You know what I mean? Like, you are valuable enough to say, I need support. I need help. And guess what? I want to promise you we'll do the best we can if you'll help us to, to answer that call, to answer that need as your church family. But I'm asking for your help. Value yourself. Don't just sulk in the corner like a teenager that didn't get a text back from the girl he liked. <laughs> Sally didn't text me. You know, I don't know why, why it's Sally and why he talks like that, but he does. And don't be like that, okay? Just say, hey, somebody help me. Somebody reach out to me. Okay, we need, also, we need others to challenge each other. Sometimes we're getting challenged, and sometimes we're doing the challenging. But if we don't have others around us in a church family, because family means there's closeness. So guess what? When I say church family, I don't mean this entire room. That would be weird for one of you random people on this side to walk over to a random person on that side and be like, hey, good morning. I just want to challenge you in your faith. You know, like that's going to be like, okay, uh, too much on Mother's Day. Uh, But I bet that there are people in here you know. Like, for instance, I know Michael Monroe very well. I love Michael Monroe. He can challenge me anytime he wants, and I can challenge him anytime I want and feel led. And I will listen to his challenge, and he will listen to my challenge because we are a part of Christ's community and the church and the closeness in the family. Think of it this way. If your third cousin called you, is that something? Is there a third, second? I don't know. Anyway, if some weird distant cousin called you and is like, so anyway, I was looking on Facebook, and I saw you did this, and I just wanted to say it's really weird. And you're like, what's your name again? You're not going to listen. If your spouse comes up to you and says, hey, I saw this, you're going to go, I better listen because of the closeness. You're still family with your second weirdo cousin, okay? But you're probably not going to listen to him. (laughs) That's okay. 
but you better listen to the people close to you, and you better have family that's close to you. Is this? I'm trying to paint a picture that helps you understand. This isn't to say, you're all part of the church family, so listen to every weirdo of the Bible. That's not what we're saying. We're saying you better have people close to you that you can receive a challenge from. I hope that makes sense. All right, we need to celebrate. Sometimes we're celebrating. Sometimes we're being celebrated. We need others to give to us. And we need to give to others. Sometimes we're doing the giving. Sometimes we're doing the receiving. We need each other. Number two, what is the church? We need to be united. We are united in this church family. Philippians 1, 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Gosh, we've lived as citizens of the United States of America so much in the past year. Just let that sink in for everybody. All your preferences, your political ideas, your ideologies, mine too. Whew. Man, I was a citizen of this, this world this year. I was. But God said, will you be united as my church? Will you be citizens of heaven before you're a Trump or a Biden guy? Right? Will you be a Jesus guy? <laughs> the answer for me is yes, but it's hard. Conducting yourselves in that, as a citizen of heaven, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, this is Paul talking, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose. It's okay, guys, to believe different things, to have essential beliefs and non-essential beliefs. This is part of our Connect class. If you've never gone through it, we'll be doing one again soon. But listen, I'm in a small group with some awesome guys. Some of them are here today. And we disagree about stuff. There's one guy who might be here, but he, he was recently challenging me with some of his thoughts on the Bible as a whole, all these different things. I'm like, bring it, dude. Talk about it. I may not agree with everything he thinks, but I'm sure willing to listen and to learn his perspective. And then say, can we land on a place where we can agree? Can we land in a place where we can be unified. And usually we can. And so here's this. I had a friend. He almost uh, left New Life Church over some things he was frustrated about. Things that he wasn't in unity in. And I met with him several times. And then I met with him again recently. He said, hey, dude, yeah, I'm loving it. And I said, what changed? He said, you know, dude, I just walked in and realized this is my church family. And families have disagreements. <laughs> families have dysfunction, but this is my family, and I can disagree, and it's okay, because it's not the essential stuff. Is there a hill out there that you're willing to die on that you don't need to? I'm going to put my stake in the ground and get angry and blast everybody on Facebook that you need to just go, you know what? This is what's essential, and that's not let the Holy Spirit teach you that. Will you open your hand? Open that sponge and let the Holy Spirit fill you because you're holding on real tight. And let him fill you a little bit like he did my friend. My son sometimes says, I want a new mom and a new dad. He's four. It's great. Real encouraging. He says, I want to leave. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure glad he can't make those decisions. But you can. 
And you got to ask yourself these two things. If there's something around here that you can't feel connected in, you can't say I'm part of the family here. Either one, this is not your church family. If you can't, if you can't get there, and that's okay. Maybe you need to go to the bread of God. His bread. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Listen, that's okay. But another question to ask yourself: If you just can't find your way through, are you mature enough as a Christ follower to set down your differences? And to say, I'm going to receive the good and have grace on the bad. A toddler can't do that, but hopefully you can. Amen. Now, listen, I'm not trying to challenge anybody too much. I'm just saying, this is stuff we got to ask ourselves. Find that healthy family. Okay, lastly, gosh, I'm going too long. I apologize. We, we play our part. When we're a part of a family, we play our part. Romans 12, just as our bodies have many parts and each part is special function, so is it with the body of Christ. We've already talked about this. With many parts of the body, we all belong to each other. I'm going to close right here really quickly. I didn't want to breeze over this, but I got it. I've got something good for you on this as we close. You are a unique part of the fabric of eternity, people. We're walking around upset at times that we don't have this or didn't get to do that or whatever. And God's going, if you only saw yourself through my eyes, if you only saw eternity the way I see it. And today I want to give you a big invitation to seeing eternity, to seeing your role in it, to seeing the unique person and gift that you are. Every man, every woman, every age, every race, every person in this room, you are a gift to this earth from God. And God wants to say, welcome to your purpose. It's part of the body of Christ. Doesn't matter which little C church you're with. The big C church has a place for you that's unique and valuable. You have to receive it. You join by receiving Christ. You participate by loving others. That's what it is all about. If we'll break it down. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.